Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and four-time author, Tony Walker. Product versus process. It's something we in the financial world talk a lot about, but sometimes only give lip service to. So today's show, as we get into the difference between a financial product and a financial process, begs the question, well, how do we define a product? Well, let's start with product and what Webster's has to do uh, with this, but basically a product is a service that is either marketed or sold as a commodity. Again, the idea that Disney, for instance, Disney World would be a product would be, yes, it's a product because it's an experience or a service in their marketing which turns into a product. A product can also be a commodity, which means a mass-produced, unspecialized product. So as we think about products, they're usually something we can see, we can touch, we can experience, but then we get to this word process which Webster's defines as a natural phenomenon marked by a gradual change that leads toward a particular result or a series of actions or operations conducing to an end. And my favorite definition of process, continuous operation or treatment, especially in manufacturing. So why would a financial advisor start off a show about money and retirement with focusing on this word process when all the while the financial world focuses all their attention on financial products because the only way they make money, that is the financial world, on your money is by selling you products or charging you recurring fees, which is really just another way of flipping the products to manage your money. In other words, there's no money in the financial world in putting a process in place for savers. So they just stick with selling you products and charging you recurring fees to manage your money, whatever the heck that means. Which is why today I'm going to show you why having a process in place always trumps a bunch of financial products with no process in place. So if you're ready, let's get started. Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, financial process specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And today we're going to share with you the keys to a worry-free retirement and reveal why financial products without a process can actually create more worry than had you been sold something entirely different. But before we get into the subject matter at hand, let me introduce to you in the studio with me today is America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. And we're doing something we haven't done in a while, Aaron. It's actually around noon rather than 7 a.m. So what do you think about recording a radio show around lunchtime? This is interesting, isn't it? I'm a little more awake, I think. I think I got to remember, <laughs> let's say, yeah, I can officially say good afternoon, not good morning, good afternoon to you, sir. 
and make sure that mic is not near the stomach because I, I noticed you didn't have lunch. I don't want that to pick up your growling and rumblings. <laughs> you know, this uh, when we think of products and process, we were preparing the show, Aaron, and i tell you a good analogy you brought up, and I think we may even do a show on this because it's a great idea, but uh, describe to the audience, uh, I know you've got a trampoline at home for the little ones, but the product in your mind of what you were going to build to make it easier for them to get up on this trampoline and then what you noticed after you, quote, finished the product. Right. So, uh, you know, folks, you've, you've heard us over the years talk about me uh, working on my finishing my basement. Well, you know, I finished it about two years ago. I mean, there's a few little odd and end jobs to do in the basement, but, you know, it's 98 percent done. And, uh, you know, we had a decent amount of lumber left over. Well, I don't know if you've seen lumber prices lately, but I mean, they're, you know, lumber has shot up over the past two years. It's, it's pretty expensive anyway. So, uh, yeah, we've got a trampoline in our backyard for the kids and, uh, you know, our, our three-year-old, you know, she, she can, you know, it's, it's a little scary to watch <laughs> her get up and down off of this, uh, you know, this painter's ladder that, you know, we just kind of have set you know, next to the trampoline and everything else. So, uh, you know, my father-in-law and I were talking a few months ago and he was like, you know, well, we could easily, you know, we easily got enough wood in the shed to, you know, build a platform. So, so that's what we did yesterday. And, uh, yeah, the kids love it. It's 10 times easier. So for it's them like to, you walk up to this platform, yeah, it's, right? You know, it's three set, it's three steps. And then it's a, you know, it's a platform, you know, 28 inches by 28 inches, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, large enough for a kid. I mean, both my father-in-law in law, in law and myself stepped on it, made sure, you know, we, well, I you just know, have this picture of y'all climbing we were, up there and it collapsed. Yeah, no, we, we made sure, you know, we danced on it and jumped on it and everything else made sure it was good. But, uh, one thing I got to finish, you know, as far as getting it ready, so that completely. was the product, the product in your yeah, mind yeah, yeah. was, okay. So the product was, you know, I guess the actual, uh, yeah, the, the platform yeah. and, and everything else. Now, there's all kinds of ways we could have gone about building this thing, but you know, we wanted to make sure we did it right, you know, for the safety, safety. of the kids. There right. We want to make sure nobody gets hurt. And then all of a sudden in your mind, this process came up because you shared with me, you said, but there's one problem with this platform that makes it still a little unsafe. What did you realize it doesn't have around it? Right, I don't have railing up yet around it. Now, you know, you think a little 28 by 28 platform, oh, that's not that big a deal, but I mean, it's, you know, it's four or five feet off the ground, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, my my little, you know, three-year-old Lily girl, I mean, she, she could easily fall off of that and get hurt. So I need to finish it up and I need to put some railing up. So what Aaron is describing in the product, he built the platform and it's very well constructed. You know, as he said, as he and his, was it say your father-in-law danced around? Okay. Right. But in this product building was this process of, wait a minute, this isn't really finished. So when I come back, we're going to talk about this. You all think you've got a finished process in place because you've got a 401k or you've got all these mutual funds you've purchased or whatever it is. But many of you do not have a safe process in place to use and enjoy those financial products that you put so much faith in. So when I come back, we're going to diagnose the difference between financial products, financial process, and I might even, Aaron, bring up the idea of golf and how this relates a lot to golf. So you're listening to Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. If you think financial products are the answer, think again. You've got to have a process. Getting ready to roll over your 401k to an advisor you barely know? 
Are they just going to invest your money or do they actually have experience in retirement planning? Well, here's my advice. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Get a written game plan from an experienced retirement planning firm that has created more than 5,000 written game plans. To get started, simply log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and click on that Let's Get Started button. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Tony Walker here, and we are talking about the difference between having financial products in retirement, which obviously you've got to have, and the idea of having a financial process. Now, folks, we have a process at Tony Walker Financial. We call it the Worry-Free Retirement, and it's a five-step process. But what a lot of people don't realize is all the different processes we put in place at Tony Walker Financial for all the different things we do. So if you're just now joining us, let me uh, remind you what Webster's Dictionary says in terms of what a process is. It's a natural phenomenon marked by gradual changes that lead towards a particular result, or it could be a series of actions or operations conducing to an end. Uh, if you're just now joining us, we've described Aaron Orander just recently built a platform for, so his kids could get in the trampoline. By the way, Aaron, my favorite son-in-law, Trey, they have the same issue, and I cannot believe I hadn't thought of that. I'm gonna. I'm, would you get him a picture of that when you? Can sure. Because they need the same thing. They got these kids crawling up this ladder. I'm thinking that is so dangerous. And then when they get out, that's where it's really right. weird. That, that's, yeah, that's what we noticed. It's not. It's not so dangerous crawling in there because you know they just kind of pull themselves up and just kind of fall on the trampoline. It's. <laughs> stepping over the edge and looking down, you know, what probably seems like Mount Everest to them and climbing down. That's that's where the danger comes in. So we're trying to create these analogies in your mind, folks, and that's probably where a lot of you are. It was fairly, I want to say easy because you worked hard for your money, but it was probably pretty easy. You know, you invested in your 401k, you put the money in, it grew over time, and now you're getting ready to get out of that financial trampoline called work and you're going to have to hit the ground running and it's pretty dangerous. And if you don't have a process in place for these products, many of you are going to have to back off on the stock market. Many of you have way too much money still in the stock market. You're getting out of that financial trampoline and you're going to tumble. So you've got to have some safeguards in place. And that's what we at Tony Walker Financial do. So this whole idea of this process versus the products, let's kind of look at, first of all, understanding where we are as a society. Now, I'm going back to my notes here, Aaron. One of my favorite books, and it's a book I would highly recommend anybody read, even if you're not an investor. If you are a true saver, which that's what this show is geared towards, is savers. But even if you're an investor or saver, it doesn't matter. I want you to grab a copy of Benjamin Graham's Intelligent Investor. Benjamin Graham's Intelligent Investor. It's an old book. And this, one of the quotes he has back then is right after World War II, uh, very few people invested in the stock market. And I'm going to quiz you here in a minute, Aaron, but... I'll give you a hint. After World War II, when they quizzed uh, General, you know, Joe Lunchboxes of the world, how many people thought back then that the stock market was a gamble as the percentage of the population? What percent would you pick, Aaron, that felt like the stock market overall was a gamble? They wanted nothing to do with it. What what year are we talking about? I'm talking about the mid forties. Mid forties. Late forties. Oh. Uh, I would say a. I would say a large number. I'll say, well, I'll say 70%. That's, that's really good. It was around 90% actually. Okay. Okay. So basically there's a book that came out 
that also diagrammed and kind of researched all this. And this is what they found. And this was in 1952. And I apologize. I saw this online. I, I did not get the copy of the book, but just some general research. According to this research, now this is 1952, only 4% of Americans own stocks. Did that surprise you, Aaron? Only four, four, four. in the 50s? Ooh. Well, if you listen to Benjamin Graham, I guess it wouldn't be too surprising. It's not would too it? surprising. No. Okay. Now listen to this. I know you probably don't know much about treasury debt or numbers. This will be relative in a minute. Back then in 1952, our nation only had about $142 billion of treasury debt. What do you think that number is now, Aaron? Oh, it's in the it. I don't know the exact number, but it's it's in the trillions. Oh yeah, it's twenty three trillion. Twenty three trillion. Trillion, not billion with a B. Okay. Here's another interesting. Now this is the best one. We're going somewhere with this products, folks. Remember, many of you have been told, oh yeah, you need more financial products. You need to you need all these options in order to be worry free. Well, in 1952, according to this article, there was only 100 mutual funds. Fast forward to today. Remember, back in 52, only 4% of the people owned stocks. What do you think the average number of people that own stocks today is? Now, you got to include stocks would be mutual funds, securities, and 401k plans. What would you say, Aaron? I would. Well, I think the number is much higher than that. I would say, I'll say, oh, I'll say 80%. I 80. think a lot of people probably have a little bit in the stock market. So also 80. See, I'm like you. I think it would have been 80. Now, this article says 60, but nevertheless, that's still 60. Six, yeah, 60% versus four. Still a big dramatic change. Okay. And then finally, this is hilarious. Again, 1952, 100 mutual funds to select from, but of course, only 4% of the people were into security. So that makes sense. Now with more than 60% of Americans owning stock, there are over 100 and 25,000 mutual funds to choose from. So how in the world, folks, if you're riding down the road right now, how in the world are you going to select those products? And secondly, do you really need that many products to choose from? Or could it be that as long as you have a few good products, but learn process, that's more important. So let me use an example. I know you play a little golf, right, Aaron? Yes. Okay. So in the golf bag, actually, I made a list of different things that really are products in golf that will that are support, supposedly to make you better at golf. There's let me just name the products. Obviously, there's golf clubs, right? Sure. And I mean, there's a ton of golf clubs, right? Yeah. How many makers of clubs are there? Oh, it's crazy. Hundreds. Uh, even yeah. wedges. Do you know how many different wedges you can buy? I, I don't want to cut you off, but that was kind of the first thing when we were kind of going through this and kind of talking about golf was wedges were kind of the first thing that I that popped in my mind because I remember when I was learning to play golf, you know, um, I just kind of thought it was the silliest thing that there's a difference between a pitching wedge <laughs> and a sand wedge. And it's like, well, what... <laughs> It's a wedge. Who, who can, you know, you that's know, right. that's like saying, well, it's a screwdriver. Well, no, it's, there's Phillips heads and there's flat heads and there's torque wrench, you know. That's right. And I just remember thinking like, I, I remember 20 years ago or so uh, thinking, you know, pitching wedge and sand wedge. Well, who cares? What the, just grab a wedge out of your golf club and let the, out of your golf bag and let's roll. Let's go. Yeah. I've got a pitching wedge, sand wedge, a 54 degree wedge, and then I've got a gap wedge now. Did you know there's such thing as a gap wedge? Never heard of a gap oh, wedge. Yeah. I hardly ever use the thing, but boy, it sure sounded good. All right. <laughs> So we have golf balls. Think of all the different golf balls you can choose from. We have woods. We have irons. We have putters. Uh, something I recently purchased. I, I hate to admit this, but it is more fun. Simulators. 
I have a golf simulator in my home now. I love it. But that's the a gym plot. I used to go to had a golf simulator. It was awesome. And there were different simulators I could have chosen. There's tons of products. Alignment sticks, all kinds of golf aids. I've got this thing that's called a divot mat where you see your divot. Yeah. So those are all products. And I'm not saying those can't help your golf game, but let's back up a minute, Aaron. So let me quiz you. Let's for, let's say you had some old top flight X'd out golf balls. Uh, you had just an old seven iron that was built 20 years ago, maybe one wedge in your bag. Um, no alignment sticks, no simulator devices, maybe a, just a basic putter. But, okay, for five hours, I've arranged to have you meet up with Tiger Woods. And for five hours, Aaron, he's going to take those three clubs I just mentioned, and he's going to give you golf lessons and work on your swing. If you had to choose between golf lessons, golf swings, lessons with Tiger Woods for five hours or the best clubs money could buy, what would you choose? I'd probably go with Tiger Woods' course. Bingo. So the point is, folks, while golf clubs, while financial products, while all these things are important, it is how you swing the clubs. It's how you swing your money. And what you get with Tony Walker Financial is someone who brings not just good products to the table, although we limit the number of products. We're going to talk to our own Wes Walker in just a second about what we do. We found, Aaron, that really you don't need that many different products. That's, it's really, it's kind of like golf. It's not really that necessary, folks. And in a lot of cases, I'm afraid it creates too much confusion. So what we've learned over the years in doing this 38 years, have really good products, keep them really simple, don't overcomplicate things, but more importantly, have a process that allows you to, number one, navigate this thing called retirement, which we're very good at that at Tony Walker Financial. And then number two, how to properly use these clubs so that you can get the most out of this game we call retirement. So when I return, I'm going to have my favorite nephew in Wes Walker, who's kind of in charge of overseeing what we call our Riskalyze portfolio system we've been using through Charles Schwab. Some really good stuff. And actually, while we've decided with the recent market downturn and through our planning process, we've actually limited the number of portfolios to choose from. And this is good news, and you're going to want to stay tuned for this. So if you have a 401k, IRA, maybe you've got some money you just really have out there that you need someone to oversee that you can trust, you're going to want to stay tuned. I'm Tony Walker. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'll be right back. What happens to our plan if the stock market crashes? Oh, don't worry if the stock market goes down. It always comes back up. Okay, so what if we want to get our money out of this investment? Is there a cost, a fee? Oh, the fees? No, they're very competitive. Don't worry about the fees. So if I have to take money out of my 401k, are you going to help me with the taxes? What do I look like? An accountant? Don't leave your retirement to chance. Get a second opinion from TonyWalkerFinancial.com. With the uncertainty of the stock market, now may be the best time to consider moving your 401k to safer territory. To talk to me at no cost or obligation, simply log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Tony Walker here, and I'm excited to have in the studios with me uh, my very favorite nephew, uh, fellow fiduciary, Mr. Wes Walker, and I intentionally invited you in this segment. I didn't want you to come to the other two segments. We were talking about golf. 
I was afraid you and I'd get off on tangents and not talk about money at all. Is that fair enough? Yeah, we could have gone 30 minutes just talking about pre-shot routines and what clubs were swinging. So probably, probably a good call to take me in a little later on this one. Oh, I do got a little pop quiz, uh, Wes. Give you a hint. Of course, today's show is about product versus process. So now that you're playing a lot of golf, if you had to choose between the best clubs in the world, I mean, top of the line, best balls, everything, simulator, even a golf simulator, or spending five hours with Tiger Woods with private lessons on your swing, which would you choose? Answer's obvious. I'd go with my Tiger lessons. That'd why, be great. Why is that? Well, I think the game would improve a lot more. Even though it's not always the Indian, or it's the Indian, not the arrow, when you've got good equipment, I think it matters in golf, but really it matters what your swing is like. And if Tiger Woods gave me five hours of his time, I think my game would be much more improved than having a fancy set of wedges or something like that. And I'll tell you another thing, it just dawned on me, is the process of even understanding navigating a course. See, if I had five hours alone with Tiger Woods, I'd say, hey, if you don't mind, could we spend an hour of those five hours not on the swing, but the strategy in navigating the course? Because when you think about a golf course, they're designed to get you in trouble. Uh, the, they, you, the golf course is really designed, it has to be more strategy, right? Mm -hmm. So there is also a process in t involved in golf and just navigating your way around the course. So with that said, folks, you all who are got these 401ks and these IRAs and you've been relying on financial products to get you there may not keep you there. That's the problem. So we are retirement planning specialists. Our job is to take those products, that money you've saved, and to put it in some sort of order or process so that you can comfortably and safely use and enjoy that money without the fear of one day running out. So the reason I wanted Wes in, you know, we've learned a lot since reopening our Schwab platform in 2017, Wes. I know we got over 2,000 accounts now with Schwab. We're up to over 180 million. But we started out with five portfolios. Now, that's just part of our work with retirement planning. But what did we kind of learn in over this time with having to manage five portfolios. Yeah, so kind of like having too many clubs in the bag, you can almost have too many investment selections to make, almost too many problems from having uh, more portfolios than are really necessary. So I think what we ended up going with was shortening from five portfolios down to three. That way we can manage expectations a little bit better, keep an eye on you know exactly what the holdings are and what we need to have inside of them and what we're gonna invest in in each portfolio. Okay, so let's leads to the next question. So before we had ultra conservative, conservative, moderate, moderate growth and aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, and what we found with as we record this show on May 31st, 2022 with bonds tanking and stocks all over the place, you know, even our ultra conservative caught us off guard. I mean, a lot of those portfolios, which we use a software called Riskalyze, uh, did not anticipate how much loss a lot of those would occur. So we kind of ditched the idea of ultra conservative because folks, let's, you know, the caveat here is we do a lot of annuities and fixed annuities, which are guaranteed not to lose money. If you invest any money in our Charles Schwab platform, it doesn't matter what the conservative or ultra conservative, whatever it is, they can lose value. They just can. That's just the way they're set up. Even if we have government bonds. I mean, I know personally, I have a lot of money in government bonds. They're down right now. You know, it's just the way they are. So we removed the name ultra conservative just because, hey, that can go down too. We removed aggressive because really that doesn't fit our clientele. We don't, we don't really ever invest, quote, aggressively. That almost sounds like Bitcoin and stuff. So we were trying to come up with labels that the average saver could understand so we have conservative, 
moderate in growth. And again, let me repeat, any of those portfolios can lose value. But what I wanted Wes to do, Wes, in our limited time here, just kind of speak to each portfolio and generally what are we trying to accomplish besides the annuities we write, but what are we trying to accomplish with each portfolio and its makeup? Sure. So the three portfolios we have now to kind of walk through them. Firstly, our conservative portfolio is a great place for that money that's needed in the near term. So it's well, I'll give an example. Yeah. So let's say someone has, you know, done business with us, they've become a client, maybe they've done the split IRA concept where they've got some annuities on the back end that we're going to use for mailbox money down the road. Well, between now and when they take that annuity income, they're going to need a, a source of what we call liquidity. And they need it now. They're, they might exactly. need their money, either need it in lump sum or they need income now, right? Sure. So we might set up a monthly distribution, say $2,000 a month, that we're going to have a link to their checking account from their Schwab and just be sending that money until we kick in the income from the annuities. Well, if that's the case, you probably want something that's not going to be as volatile, so it's not as set up for growth. That conservative is a great place to be. Typically, the kind of investments that you'd find in there is going to be some equity exposure, a little bit of stock market exposure. Like right, like right now, what, how much equity exposure do we have there? In conservative, approximately 20% of the portfolio has some equity exposure. So you got a little bit of money in the stock market, but outside of that, you've got short-term, uh, you've got short-term bonds. So yeah, we're staying gonna, away from long-term bonds. Right? right, because if interest rates you know, increase or decrease, the value of those bonds can greatly increase or decrease. So we don't want a lot of volatility in the portfolio. We've got short-term bonds and we've got some cash, commercial paper, and just short-term maturing treasuries. And we even have some CDs, don't we? We and do, so, yeah. You know, part of yeah. the portfolio is made up of CDs in both conservative and moderate. So. Okay, moderate too. So let's jump over to the moderate, which again, moderate obviously means we're going to take a little more risk, trying to get a little more growth. Roughly, Wes, and these change, folks, again, as we record this show on May 31st, 2022, we could modify these, but currently, what is the moderate kind of makeup? Yeah, so the moderate's gonna have more equity exposure, a little bit more exposure to the stock market. Maybe we're not taking systematic withdrawals from this. We could be, and there may be situations where we are taking withdrawals from this account, but maybe we've got a little bit more time for this to grow and accumulate. So we might have up to 50% of the portfolio in equities or stocks. The rest, again, is gonna be in short to intermediate term bonds. Um, with interest rates kind of poised to increase, we would prefer that those bonds be a little bit more short term just to negate the effects of rising interest rates. But yeah, that's gonna be, and then 10% to CDs in the moderate. So that's kind of the makeup there. And, you know, we've got, uh, of course, we moved out of long-term bond exposure. We've got probably more cash in some of those accounts, but speak to that too when we do what's called a cash raise to make sure that we've got plenty of money to make those distributions. We're, as I said, folks, we're more excited to give you your money back than a lot of financial advisors in the world want to keep it. So mm -hmm. there is a reason to have cash. Give an example why we might have extra cash sitting in a portfolio. Yeah. So when we do these cash raises, I think this is really where the value of somebody who's based in retirement planning is. When you're young and you're socking money into these accounts, I don't know that there's necessarily a reason to pay a financial advisor, maybe just to give you advice, that sort of thing. But I mean, when you're my age, just stuffing money in, the whole goal <laughs> is to accumulate. But when you're taking money out, you have to be really particular about what you're going to sell to raise you have cash. have to have a process, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you've got to think when you're raising cash for these distributions, you don't want to sell something necessarily that's at a loss. You want to be particular about the holdings that you're selling. And that's part of the value that we add as we raise cash for these distributions that we're sending to folks. We're going to make sure we take the money from the right, from the right place at the right time. I remember this was, a, I don't know if you had started with us or not several years ago. Somebody came in, they wanted me to look up their situation. They're really, really upset with their advisor because of the tax liability and I couldn't figure out what happened. So got their tax return and started looking at things. 
I noticed the gentleman sold all of his positions to cash. This was an after-tax mm -hmm. account. This is a non-qualified non account, qualified. right? And triggered, uh, it, the gentleman ended up paying over 100,000 in taxes. He called the broker and was fuming and the broker said, hey, you wanted to move your portfolio. Tax planning is not what we do. Tough yeah. luck. I yeah. mean, that's what he said, basically. That's tough luck. So this whole issue, folks, of planning for retirement and having a process of when to take money out from where is a huge, huge issue and one that we at Tony Walker Financial take very seriously. And finally, our growth portfolio. Speak to that just a little bit and why somebody might want money in our growth portfolio. Yeah, so particularly in retirement, there might be a few scenarios where you do want some money in a little bit of a, if you might call it a riskier position, really all that means is you're gonna have more exposure to the stock market. So, but there's a couple situations where you might have that. Maybe it's a Roth account where you're gonna defer a long period and you wanna have the potential for some upside growth. Maybe you've got this annuity income as a guaranteed floor and you're okay taking some risk with the money outside of those annuities because you do want to leave a larger legacy or even just grow it for the future. So we do have our growth portfolio. In that portfolio, you could have up to 75% of it in the stock market, in equities. But assuming that's what they want to do, that's okay because that's over the long, ter long term, stocks are going to give you the greatest potential for increase in value. And that's another thing, folks, we have, because of the rising cost of managing these accounts, we have had to institute a $50,000 minimum. So just kind of be aware of that if you're wanting to consider investing through Tony Walker Financial. We do have to have a $50,000 minimum account size now for these Schwab portfolios. Well, Wes, we're about out of time. Brother, thanks for joining us. And uh, I think we're gonna, speaking of golf, we're gonna be smacking it around this Sunday, aren't we? I think so. It yeah, just don't like show that. me up too bad, okay? Well, no promises there, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, you've been listening to Worry-Free Retirement. If we can be of help to you, if you're uh, at or near retirement, got a 401k, IRA, money languishing in the bank, and just wanna meet with us at no cost or obligation, just log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, where you can call us at 877 499-9255. That's 877-499-WALK. Well, until next week, you remember between now and then, if all else fails, you be worry-free. Make it a good one. <laughs>